So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. <laughs> All right. How are we going to ease into it? You am I going to start again? Or you yeah, roll out. You want to start? No, you got it. Oh my goodness. Maybe 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 work in this the second time we've had to do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? This is Dan. We are back on the podcast, Gafaru Cast. Um, we this is our second time recording this podcast because we are all technologically illiterate, specifically me, because I'm the one trying to do all of this, and uh, it's not going too well. So. Hopefully we get this recorded. The last one did not. So uh, we're here talking about the caribou hunt and everything that went down while we were there, all the cool stuff and Bill's on the line and Anders, all three of us went up there to Alaska and we're just going to go over that trip. It was a trip of a lifetime. So let's get into it. How's it going, Bill? Hey, pretty good. It feels like Groundhog's Day a little bit. Like, uh, doing this again but no it's uh it was an awesome trip. yeah i was like um, yeah it's was, sorry i'm sorry it's all my bad i was heartbroken <laughs> told me that i was like dude i don't know if i can squeeze this in again yeah <laughs> um, we did kind of jump all around yesterday so um i went back and looked at the timeline to figure out when we actually were each place and did whatever so we, we can add some more to it there but yeah i mean starting off it was I think in Alaska, it's a great trip if you can get in the field the day you want to and get out when you want to and not have major weather problems and, you know, no bear maulings or anybody dying. It's, it's good right there. So for that reason, it was, everything went really well. hundred percent. Yeah. It was, uh, like Dan said, Bill said, it, Bill's been there multiple times with us. This is my first time going up there and, um, it was a well needed break from the office and, uh, Mm-hmm. 180 miles from anything, uh, which was a little freaky at first when you thought about it. But once you're there, it. it was nice. Yeah. Being up there and like away that far away from everybody is that eerie feeling, but yeah. it's something that I like, you know, yeah. it was worth, far away. it was worth the plane ride in. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, like Bill said, we were, uh, we were a bit over the, all over the place yesterday. Dan and myself are like team ADHD here. Uh, so we're, we're going to appoint Bill the leader of this podcast because hundred <laughs> percent bill is more responsible than us. I can only chase a rabbit for like 10 seconds and I'm on the next rabbit. <laughs> oh, so, you know, uh, I looked at the map some more this morning and we were only like, we were so far up in the Northwest area of Alaska. We we're only like 50 miles from the, the sea, you know, on the North side there. Um, yeah. it looked like it was called like Jim, Chum Chumchi Sea or something like that, but we were, it's technically the Brooks range, but it's uh, not the real rugged part of the Brooks. It's more hilly and stuff, but yeah, we were way, way yeah. up north. Bill, um, isn't it right that pretty, there's like polar bears up there around that area? People have seen, like when I was there two years ago, um, we had one group that saw a polar bear. Yeah. That's crazy. It was not, not too far from there. That's cool. And, um, and we saw muskox. So, you know, we flew in on uh, the August 13th on a Sunday. I uh, had, you know, I had good weather flying in. You guys got dropped first. Um, we had to take two trips in this little three-seater plane. Um, wanted to drop us on 
a ridge top, but the winds were just too high. Um, you guys experienced that, not me, but I think he tried a couple passes and the winds were just too high. So he put you down on a river bottom, which was kind of a new, uh, new experience for me. I'd been on ridge tops the last couple of times, but, um, one cool thing is there was a bunch of muskox, you know, around our camp and we just walked around that day and, um, just kind of figure out the lay of the land a little bit. And there was, I think we counted 22 total, got some cool video of the muskox running around there. Yeah. They were super cool. Um, a lot bigger than I expected. Yeah. But beautiful animals. Yeah. At first I, uh, when we first got there, man, I was glassing. Oh, there's caribou all around. Yeah. And I thought, well, all I could see was just like a hump a brown hump yep. and uh kept going in and out and i was like damn daniel i was like we already got a bear here dude like <laughs> yeah we're screwed we both thought it was a bear yeah until that night i guess we went out like kind of scouting around and we saw the the group of muskox which is i mean it was super cool to see something i never really thought i would see in my life oh yeah so it, it just lapsed my judgment like i never thought i would yeah yeah. It wasn't on my radar at all. No. I was like, is that a moose? I was like, there's no moose up here. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's a muskox. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they had like, uh, the hair was really, and there were some really big bulls in there too. I, I mean, I think, I don't know a lot about muskox, but they were, um, some of them were twice as big as the others. And they had, you know, probably six or eight inch long hair. It, would, it was just flowing around as they were running around and, um, yeah, really cool. Yeah. They weren't super that. scared of us either. Like I got really close one time to get a bunch of photos and I was probably 20, 30 yards from the group and they just kind of circled around kind of keeping their young safe. I don't know if that was super dumb on my part, <laughs> if they charge like a bison or not, but, uh, it is cool to, they weren't super skittish. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got more used to us too. I mean, that area where we camp seemed to be their favorite place to hang out and by, by the end of the trip, one day I walked back in the evening and they just stood there and I had to walk around them. Like they weren't, they weren't leaving at that point. Whereas like day one, they were kind of running from us a little bit. So I think they decided we were, uh, weren't a threat at some point. Okay. Yep. So when we got there, uh, we got there the 13th, as you said, on a Sunday, what was, what do we do when we got there? And then the, going into the first day of hunting, uh, it was a crazy first day. <laughs> So, Anders. yeah, yeah was, um, <clears throat> we had just two, two teepees you guys put up before I even got there, which is cool right on the river there. Um, so lots of space and a good place to hang out if we had bad weather, but you know, we never had terrible weather where we got stuck in the tent. So that was good. Um, yeah. Day one of hunting, we put on a lot of miles that day. Um, we went up, you know, the river kind of runs North South there. We went to the, the West side of the river, up, up across the, the tundra or the tussocks, up onto the ridge, up to kind of a knob where we could see. And uh, that's probably you guys' first experience with that, that tussocks, that, you know, like basketballs with grass on them where you're either stepping on top or in the gaps. And it's, it's pretty hard going through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was eye-opening. Um, not to mention that first morning we, we were uh, chasing those, the first group of bulls and um, – we just just got out of the river bed and going up the bank and we're stopped to like shed a layer <laughs> yeah. or something i can't remember what we we're doing glassing forgot about this all of a sudden there's these bees everywhere i was like what the heck is this 
and I look down and there's just bees flying out of this hole that I'm standing on. <laughs> yeah. I kept hearing that, mm, that hum. And then I look over at Anders. I'm like, and we both had the same thought at the same time. What is that? And then like, look down, there's like thousands of bees coming up out of this hole. And I, we just start both running. Yeah. Like, oh no. I never would have thought it would have seen that happen in Alaska, but I guess. That was the first, the first two days were hot. There's no rain. So. Yeah. Uh, there was mosquitoes out and everything and yeah, walking on Texas was harder than I expected for sure, but it's all part of the experience. Yeah. Dan, Dan got pissed off. Sure. <laughs> pissed? <laughs> I could tell he well, was in a, in a, a grumpy mood that day. The first I was in a, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was having the time of my life, but about halfway into that day, I tweaked my knee in yeah. one, on one of those basketball tussocks. And, uh, after that, every step felt terrible. So <laughs> I was, it was, it was, it wasn't in a bad mood. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it was cool. We, uh, we, we saw those bulls on top of the ridge. We, uh, crossed the river, worked up the ridge pretty quickly too. Um, I remember I stopped to shed a lair and you guys were already quite a ways ahead of me. So, um, we got to the top and man, it was just like, there was a flat behind that little ridge and it was, I don't know, probably 250 caribou just out there in different, different little groups, um, kind of just grazing, working certain directions. It seemed like, it seemed like they were working up the mountain. Um, but yeah, we saw those two larger bowls down to our right and we, we kind of just kept working the ridge down. Kind of one of those things where you lose track of how far you go cause you're just on a mission. Yeah, for sure. I was getting excited when I saw all those caribou down in the bottom. I was like, this is going to be easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We tried to put an M on a couple of those bulls. They were kind of going, you know, down to the right, down that ravine. And it seemed like, you know, in caribou hunting, you kind of got to hunt the the terrain more than just any animal because you have to have some terrain where you can get, you know, within bow range. So, it looked like those would be a good opportunity. Like if they're going down through that ravine, I knew there was brush and it looked like there was brush and stuff down in there. Like maybe we could get ahead of them. But, um, yeah, so we, we went kind of as quick as we could that way. That was kind of brutal tussocks through there. We dropped over the bank and pretty soon we're, I don't know exactly how it happened, but all of a sudden they're there looking right at us. Um, we had one bull, maybe, 120 yards, 130 yards away, something like that. One good bull. Um, there's actually two bulls in there that, um, you know, we got relatively close to, but not quite in bow range. Um, and yeah, we tried to make, make a move on them. It didn't, that didn't really work out, but we got into the, we got into them pretty good that day. And there was quite a, quite a few running around up there. I think we were like four miles North of camp when we, when we found them. So we were, we were a ways. Um, yeah. It was, it was pretty wild. Like we were, uh, saying yes, um, yesterday on the podcast, like it was hot mosquitoes were out and the caribou were like, just, you just had to, we sat down for a while and, uh, ate a snack, drank some of the water we had. And, um, man, like every five minutes there was a new caribou just running across the flat. It was cool. Yeah. They were running. One ran by you. It was like a little spike and I was trying to get you to shoot it. <laughs> I was like, please. <laughs> the, uh, that, that little, uh, was it predator decoy? Yeah. Ultimate ultimate predator. Or ultimate predator. There you go. Um, it was like, uh, it was like a magnet. I think Bill had it set up on his pack as we were sitting there and, uh, he just held it up 
and they came, they took some weird paths. I'm not sure if that's just like their behavior, but they'd go up, come back down and then run right towards you. And that's one thing that was uh, eye opening to me was just how fast caribou move. Like they don't do anything slow unless they're laying down. Yeah. Yeah. They run effortlessly too. They can, they can be on a jog. I think all, I think for 24 hours if they want to, but even when they're just like walking along and, and feeding, um, I've had this problem before, like seeing them walk along feeding, thinking I can catch up to them from behind. And it's, it's, uh, it's, they're often going faster than you can walk. So you almost have to like see where they're going to go and try and circle around, get ahead of them for an ambush a lot of times. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, a, that was a long day, day one. Um, Dan and I ran out of water, I don't know, a little ways through the day, poor planning on our part. Like I said, Bill, Bill was prepared. Bill had like a bladder and I was jealous, but like we said, uh, I will not drink another man's water. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't realize like, you guys were off water. You should have said something. I've got like 100 <laughs> ounces. I was <laughs> like, I'll die before I take <laughs> another man's water. <laughs> yeah, Dan's all sunburnt, sitting on the ridge while I'm trying to glass caribou. We saw caribou. We get down, to the, ri- we get down to the river and you guys are drinking water like you'd never seen it. And I noticed that like, Dan's lips are all swelled and cracked. And uh, yeah. yeah, I had no idea. Guys were, were dying like you'd been in the desert for a week when I looked at you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feel free to ask for some water, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, when you're hunting that long, you don't think about it because normally I carried two Nalgene's when I started out and I had those crushed in like the first three hours. Um, and when it's daylight till 11 o'clock, you're just hunting a lot longer than normal. Yeah. Was, so the day gets away from you. It was just humid too. So like, man, I was just sweating like crazy. Um, and I, yeah, I only brought, I only brought one bottle. It was, uh, I, I expected to see more water. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were around <laughs> a roaring river. Yeah. But we left it right when we left camp. So, yeah. oh, well. but yeah, no, that day was, um, it was pretty, it was a long day. I think, uh, we took a nap and on the ridge, did some more glassing, saw some bulls across the valley um on the other side of the river kind that's of. that's when we first found the treehouse yeah so like going in the next day that's where we went right yeah i think all you. Did, uh bill went with us um right bill we uh we ventured the next morning same path yeah except we uh, we <clears throat> yeah, went we up the ridge uh, instead of going on the west side of the river we went on the east side and up the ridge um because yeah like you said we'd seen a bunch of caribou kind of just running along the top of that ridge, it seemed like, and there was this, um, it looked like a tree out, it looked like a big tree. It was maybe 10 foot high, kind of bushy tree, but you guys decided to camp. You're going to camp out right there, which didn't seem like a bad idea, but yeah, we all went over there. You guys set up on that, in that tree house. Um, and then I just headed out to the North. There's a lot of caribou around that day. Um, <clears throat> So that, that ridge ran north-south, and I just took it to the north, up over the top, and saw some caribou. Um, so it went to the north, and it dropped down to another river that came across into it, or a stream. And then it went up to this high knob, this high mountain peak, kind of, where we'd seen a lot of caribou on it. But when I got over there uh, to the north, I saw that there were caribou coming down the side of that mountain, crossing through the bottom, and coming up our side. So I got down in, down kind of halfway down into some brush and, um, and a group of caribou came 
came by me there. Um, I had a couple kind of medium-sized bulls come by and, you know, in bow range, you know, and I don't know what they were 60 to 70 yards away or something. Um, yeah, I wasn't ready to shoot kind of medium-sized bull at that point. Um, I wanted one of these, you know, great big beam ones yeah, that I'd been seeing in, in prior years. So, uh, but yeah, that was cool. Got some pretty close by me. And I think they were going up and over the ridge and, and coming by you guys as well at that point. Yeah. I'll let Anders talk about that day. Oh, it got wild. <laughs> so this is day two. The weather is still really nice. Um, I wouldn't say the mosquitoes were bad up on top. The wind was kind of no, keeping them yeah. off, but me and Dan just, uh, we settled in and like, not only like, 10 minutes, 20 minutes in, there's a bull that worked right below us. And uh, we tried to get close to him. That was pretty cool. I think we got to like 110, maybe 140, I think, just a, a bit further than I can really realistically shoot. So um, come to find out that realistic shooting distance is even shorter. <laughs> 22 yards. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we called that one. Uh, we went back. And what, maybe like 10 minutes later, there was two giant bulls that kind of came up over the top where Bill went down. I'm not sure if they're like the Bill didn't see him or, or what. They just came <laughs> right over the top. And uh, yeah, what, what happened was is the the wind started picking up and the, um, it started getting a bit cold from the side I was on. So I decided, well, I'm just going to go up and over this top of the peak here on the knob going the downwind side and where I can see really well and just sit down in glass. And I was probably only like 20 yards over the top of the peak. And I'm just sitting there glass and got my bowling next to me. And these two bulls come from behind me, run right by at like 40 yards, two big bulls just come running by me. And I don't know what, why they decided to climb to the very peak and come over. The wind was high enough. I didn't hear them until they were like right on me. And then, uh, yeah, they go down the other side and I see they're working back and forth. And I'm thinking, these guys, they might go right by that tree house. Um, <laughs> and sure enough, that's, they went up to the, the kind of the ridge line and started heading that way. And, um, that's why I saw it all kind of go down from, I was, I don't know, I was probably like 400 yards from you guys maybe, but, um, yeah, take it from there. It was a swing and a miss. Let's just say, uh, say that. So they, <laughs> they, uh, we see them come down the ridge. And we're like, Dan's like, man, they, they might come over here. Sure enough, they run right by the treehouse. I think it was like initially ranged, or I think Dan ranged him. I'm, uh, I'm very uh, dysfunctional bow hunter here. Like 42 yards? No, uh, it was like 60 because my, 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 uh, I just my 40 pin. I had a three pin slider and uh, that bottom pin is set for 40. And uh, I adjusted it to 65, I think. And uh, cause I think we ranged at that distance and they just kept getting closer and I tried the old hold over or hold under method and uh, it went over uh, pretty, pretty good. So um, it was wild though. Talk about an adrenaline rush, um, having a two caribou, really good size caribou too. Just day two within range. And uh, yeah, I missed. It was a, uh, it was a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. Once, once those left, they kind of took a while to get out of there. Cause they kind of just kept seeing what we were and everything and then yeah. ran off. Um, we were all kind of discouraged and we're like, well, I wonder if it'll happen again. And like 10 minutes later, another one comes through smaller not, bull. Not even that. It was just like, we. Were, I was like pissed at myself. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. 
And then Dan's like, there's a bull. And I was like, oh, okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I, the smile came back. I was like, okay, here we go. Number two. Yeah. And uh, did we end up shooting at that one or no? Yeah, similar thing. Ranged at longer distance and I just yeah that one was that was a hard that was a hard shot that was like that was out there but yeah once that all that went down I was like "Eh, it's kind of discouraging but I think (laughs) you're pissed you didn't bring your bow which oh well we we gave Dan my backup release yeah I was filming and I wanted (laughs) I wanted to get it on film and then once like four caribou left I was like okay I need my bow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we uh i'm like I have, I have a 31 and a half or 32 no i don't know what my draw is it's freaking long it might it's, be 33 or 34 it's long there but we had we had just got we had decided that i was gonna take your bow yeah <laughs> i was like <laughs> i think i can make it work <laughs> i forgot about that so yeah no that was that was kind of like for me and dan that was kind of day day two uh and then the rest of the afternoon was just very very small bulls taking the exact same path on a string it's like bill was saying telling us that they they seem to follow the exact same path as the others and obviously it's where we were at on top of the ridge it was way easier to to travel than down in the tussocks so yeah one other thing that happened that day is so i went back north back dropped part way down where i this caribou had come by me again and then there was some more caribou coming off the top of that mountain you know, down, um, down to the left to the bigger river towards that way. Anyway, just a group of, it looked like it was mostly, um, cows and calves and a few small bulls, but I'm, I'm watching, I'm looking for a good bull in there. And then I see these two giant white wolves come up out of the river bottom and start stalking in. And then they put on a chase on these caribou and chased them up, up and over the mountain and, and out of sight. Um, just giant wolves. Um, that was that was kind of cool to see, but at the same time, it kind of blew any any uh, caribou I was going to go after um, in that area. But yeah, that was cool to see too. Yeah, we saw that. Our I was walking the first day when we got there, and all three of us were kind of just going around, getting a lay of the land and how wet everything was. And like the first twenty minutes of that hike, there was a wolf pop out and. 20, 30 yards from me and look at me there for a minute. I got it on film and that was super exciting to see a wolf. That was the only wolf that me and Anders saw while we were there. But Bill, you saw those two. So that's super dope. Yeah. Was- yeah I saw one more too of, uh, of like gray wolves when I was on a different stock uh, a day or two later uh, on the east side of the river. Um, so yeah, I saw two different pairs and then that single up there. Yeah, that's awesome. So moving on into day two uh, or day three at this point, uh, this is the first day where it was like raining when we woke up. So wet, looked like it was going to be wet all day. So how did this day go down? Oh, man, I think, I think Bill, you, guys, you, you left early, didn't you? I think. Um, yeah, you guys were going to go back to the tree house. Uh, I think Dan, I think Dan was taking his bow and wanted to shoot something. Um but anyways, you guys were planning to go back to the treehouse, which seemed like a solid plan. I just uh, thought it makes sense having three of us there. So I went back to the north northwest again where we'd been like the first day. Well, I know I know why. Because the night before going back to camp, we could see like 200 caribou on this peak way out there. There was a couple of, uh, couple of high ridges and there was this bald peak that was 
you know, I don't know, six, seven miles that way or something really far. But man, it was full. Of, there was a big herd of caribou up there. We could see some big bulls even from that distance. So anyway, I got up and headed that way um, and had, you know, I did get into them, but not until I was like over four miles from camp. Um, there was a group coming through with two decent bulls. I dropped my pack and crawled into where I was thought I'd be in front of them in, in some bushes. Um, they came by the bigger one was a little bit out of range. Um, the smaller one of the two, which is still a decent bull. He came by at around 70. Um, and I decided not to, not to take a shot on him. Um, but then I climbed all the way up those, up those ridges. Um, and from where we were at camp, it looked like it was just kind of a ridge, a flat, a ridge, a flat and a peak. But it was, um, after that second ridge I climbed, there was a big ravine on the other side of that. And right when I finally got there and could overlook that there's caribou in there, the, the weather turned bad. It started snowing and blowing sideways. Um, not a real heavy snow, but it was windy enough that it was, uh, it was pretty rough. Um, I had to get down out of the wind a little bit. And then as I stalked over there, I saw that there was four, four bulls bedded right behind this um, little cliff to get out of the wind. Um, and I saw them when I was up on top pretty high, but I circled around, came over that little cliff um, and they're right there at 40 yards. So I had four bulls there, but none of them were very, they just weren't very big. Um, so, you know, this was what day three or so. And, you know, what, what I really want to do is get one of these, what I really want to do is get one of these great big beamed ones that, where the beams come straight back off the head, halfway back on the animal, curve way up around. You know, I'd just seen some giant beam caribou in prior years. And I got a really a pretty good bull the first year, but um, uh, I hadn't got, you know, the caribou in my dreams yet at this point. And, that's really what I wanted to go for. So anyway, it was cool. I got, it got in close to some, I was like over five miles from camp at that point. So I knew if I killed one there, you guys would kill me if we had it back <laughs> stuff. But, um, I had also talked to Brian at Ram Aviation that flies us in and out and just asked him, Hey, if I go on a big walkabout and kill something long ways from camp, what do you need to be able to land? Um, and he said, like, that three-seater plane, he wants, like, 700 feet of, uh, you know, gravel or something hard. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I kind of looked around the land. I looked on those ridges, like, on those ridges he could land. So I thought, if I kill something, it'll be okay. We'll have to pack it from here. But um, anyways, put on probably between 10 and 12 miles that day, which doesn't sound that, that far if you're used to hiking hard in the mountains. But it's a lot. It's so much harder. It's so exhausting. It's probably, like... 25, 30 miles in the mountains, to be honest, like the amount of, you know, the amount of effort it takes, it's pretty brutal between the, you know, that tussocks or, um, or like the alders that are thick and tight along the river pulling through those, or just that, you know, kind of muskeg, that mossy, wet stuff where you're sinking in each, each step. Um, anyway, it can be brutal getting, getting that far. So that was a long day for me. You guys hung out at the treehouse. What did, I don't remember all what you guys saw saw that day there. Man, I think we got skunked that day. Yeah, nothing came by. It was like I think the first day we realized oh, that they, was our, that was when we had the bear. Yeah, that though. was the bear day. But it was also when we realized that the caribou don't move as much when then the rain's coming down, or yeah. as it seemed. I don't know. 
probably because the mosquitoes or whatever. So we were wondering if they would do the same thing and they didn't. So we were up there all day kind of under the tarp while it was raining and we had a bear work down in this bottom. I could see him for coming from a long ways, like a mile, mile and a half. And he just kept getting closer. And then I took a nap or something. And Anders yeah. was like, what'd you say? Oh, I was like, Hey, you got a bear. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, I think there's a, I think that bear's getting closer. I'm going to go check again. I went over the ridge and he's like 200 yards away looking at me. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, he caught our wind. So yeah, I came back to honors like, oh, we got a bear coming. <laughs> so we grabbed our guns and, and he got downwind of us. And as soon as he got downwind, he turned yeah. and just started coming straight towards us. We were watching him for a bit. And then, uh, Dan had the great idea to say something sooner. I was or like, later. I was like, should we start saying something now? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was my first like, you know, G bear kind of coming in encounter. Fortunately, it was like a, I think a boar that wasn't very, he was pretty, he was pretty big. He was, that was a big bear, but yeah. he, uh, he was pretty scared of us. So once yeah. we started yelling and everything, he kind of ran off and that was it for our day. It was yeah. Pretty, Just climb back on the tarp. Yeah. That, that kind of took like the, uh, or maybe realize like maybe your 15 minute naps, you know what I'm saying? It just, Oh dude, you can sit there <laughs> and something just later in the trip. Walk right yeah. up on you. I think the, the day after I shot mine, when you were out hunting, I think when Bill walked by the tarp, it scared the crap out of me. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. just out of your peripheral <laughs> vision, you just see movement. Yeah. So. I looked through my photos and I found a few guys, a few of you guys sleeping. So that seemed to be happening each day, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we, uh, we adopted the, uh, high traffic, low movement method. Mm -hmm. Um, some would say that's smart. Some would say that's lazy. I would say it was, it <laughs> somewhere was in between. Yeah. Yeah. But we were listening to some good music up there too. Yeah. Just Working jamming out, stuff. holding down a tarp because there wasn't enough rocks to hold the tarp down. Oh, that first day when we set up the tarp, because we set it up the first or every day, besides yeah. the fifth. And uh, so day two and day three, we set it up. But the first day that we set it up, we set it up terrible. <laughs> and the wind was flapping yeah. the tarp. And we were like holding it down there for a second because the wind was getting up to about 60 miles an hour there. Well, and it gusted. Yeah. It was all right. We figured it out. Yeah. Piled, piled some, uh, some rocks on top of the corners, <clears throat> but it was a savior. I mean, having a tarp, we sell a lot of those here at Caparo. I'm always surprised at how many we sell with like very little marketing we have to do for them. But it's like, if you don't want to take rain gear and you're already taking a shelter, like a, a bivy, it's, it's useful. You can just hang out, climb underneath there, put your parka and parka pants on. It was kind of, it was just a chill day. I mean, Dan didn't have rain gear the entire trip, so usually he was. Uh, once whenever <laughs> we stopped, he was putting on the the pants and the rain gear to try and dry out for the most part. Meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, Bill's over here. Just Bill's getting it. He's uh, he's covering country and he's got rain gear on. You stayed dry for the most part of the trip, though, didn't you? I did until uh, yeah, day four. So the next the next day. It, um, it rained all day. I put on a lot of miles and it started coming through my, uh, my knees and elbows on, and the rain gear. Um, and I feel like with, with Gore-Tex, it does pretty good unless you're pushing on it over and over with brush or whatever. And then it seems to maybe make its way through. But, um, yeah, day four, I don't remember what all we did, but I remember, put on a lot of miles. I was soaking wet by the end of the day. I ended up coming up by you guys, I think 
in the treehouse. Um, and at some point I just said, I'm going to start heading back to camp. Um, I'm, I'm just wet and beat. And I drop back down across the river and then I, uh, I see these big, and I want to say it was like maybe 7 PM. It was, a uh, you know, you can, I, I don't think, I think it was only dark up there from like one to 3 AM. So you can, you, know, you can hunt as long as you want, but, um, at 7 PM being wet and tired and already putting a lot of miles, I was just gonna, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I want to get back to camp, eat some food here. But then I spot these bulls, um, this group of four bulls from where I saw them first was maybe two miles, mile and a half, two miles, but they're up through all this tussocks up onto that ridge to the West where we kind of gone first on day one. Um, I thought, man, I gotta, I gotta go after them. These are some big bulls here. And then started working my way that way. And then I saw a couple of them bed down right over the, right over the hill. So I saw the antlers and not their heads. I thought, okay, this is perfect. Um, climb up the riverbank, start going up through the tundra there, um, you know, crouch down and uh, just stay out of sight. So then, then the third one bedded and then pretty soon the fourth, um, the fourth one bedded. And if I stayed low enough, I could just see their antlers and not their heads. So it was perfect. Even though it was pretty much wide open and not much cover, um, I could crouch down and, and hike about halfway up that hill um, or maybe more. And then I, and then I dropped my pack and started crawling. Um, Cause at that point it was, it was no cover and I just had to stay low enough. They couldn't see me. So I uh, crawled a few hundred yards up through that. Uh, <laughs> I was exhausted from doing that, but the last, hundred yards or so it got to be these um like berry bushes like maybe foot foot and a half high brush um so you know i crawled up through that got to just kind of the crest to where i could see the bulls um and i got to i was 66 yards from the closest one the two biggest there was two really big bulls in there and i, I would have been really happy in either one of them one had um just a lot of mass and points and, you know, big fronts with a lot of of points and big tops with a lot of points and just great mass throughout. And then the second one didn't quite have as much points or palmation, but he had, he had bigger beams, but big long beams, um, high and wide. And, um, yeah, kind of exactly what I'd been wanting to get for a big bull. And he was at 70 yards. The other one was at 66 and I'm, you know, I crawl up there, so I'm basically on my belly with my bow in front of me. The, the cover's only a foot high. I can't really raise up without them seeing me. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. And my plan was, is, um, is you know, and I couldn't, even if I raised up, there's the, there's enough brush that I was only seeing the tops of their back and their, and their heads and their antlers. So I thought, they got to stand up for me to shoot. So I'm just going to wait it out. When one stands up, hopefully he's not looking my way. I can rise up on my knees. I had an arrow knock lane in my bow and my bow lane in front of me. I was just raise up on my knees, draw and shoot quick. Um, I knew the range. I had my bow dialed. So, you know, I'm, I waited out. It seemed like forever, but I think it was probably 30 minutes in the rain and the cold laying there. Um, and it, you guys were watching from a distance, I think. Do you know how long that was? It was a long time. Yeah, I was about to say, with this whole time we were up there watching you, we were... You know, we saw you were working back to camp and then you turned and crossed. Did you cross the river again? No, I think you were on the same side of the river. And uh, and then I was like, where's Bill going? And then I 
moved my binos up the up the ridge and I saw those caribou bedded. I was like, oh snap, he's going after caribou. But that whole sequence was hours. Yeah, you were on it for quite a while. Yeah, it was it was uh it was cool to see because that was like the first action we'd seen um two or three days, Dan and I. Um and the weather was getting really crappy too. Um we uh we sat there for like it was quite a while, like 45 minutes to an hour watching Bill. And then uh, kind of we were trying to record as much of it as we could without burning up too much battery. And then uh, the, the the weather moved in real thick, so we decided to quickly pull camp yeah. and just go down. Yeah, I filmed all the way up until the point where the weather got bad, and it was so thick that we couldn't see you at that point. So when we left that area, we didn't know if you had shot or – or whatever like we didn't know if you'd hit a bull or not so once we got back to down low we saw you again but there for a minute we thought you might have gotten one yeah it was pretty cool at, at the same time we uh we were coming down the ridge just trying to i don't know beeline towards the bottom in case bill shot one help him pack it out we uh we start going down the chute uh, back down to the flat and that that's when we saw the second bear uh i think that Oh yeah. And he was, Dan actually saw him. I didn't see him at all. And, uh, he stood up, looked at us. He was a little further though. He's about 200 yards or so. And, um, it's a smaller bear. Yeah, definitely smaller. bear. he ran, he ran straight down the chute where we needed to go, which are like crap, you know, that's yeah into the alders where they're like, they're, you know, six to eight feet tall. And, um, <clears throat> luckily he ran out and then he crossed the river. He actually ran towards bill. So, kind of skip ahead i mean uh dan messaged bill to say hey you got a bear headed your way uh we're headed back to camp um but bill didn't get that till the next day so <laughs> oh so that's when you guys sent that message huh yeah yeah, right yeah. okay so that's yeah, so when he got the message the next day but i did see that bear um after after this all went down over my to look over my shoulder to the left and there's that bear sneaking in on his caribou too um but yeah, so what happened uh, was, so there was there was bad weather, and that's why they're bedding down. I mean, a lot of times caribou just don't bed at all; they just keep walking or running. But it was uh, it was a little bit of snow, sleet, rain, uh, you know, kind of on and off. There was wind. There was it was visibility was poor, but um, I felt pretty good. I had a sixty-six yard shot, um, was what my shot was going to be with the wind directly in my face. So I felt like I'm not going to get too much wind drift right or left, maybe a little bit of drop, but, uh, yeah. So at one point these bulls both like crashed to sleep and they're laying with their heads on their sides and like one antler up. And I thought, Oh man, I just got to stand up and shoot one of these things right now. So I grabbed my bow and I start to raise up. And then I noticed there's a group of cows past them and, and there's uh there's one up feeding and she, she looks at me as they start to rise up. So I think, Oh no, that's not going to work. I also couldn't, even as I rose up a little bit, I couldn't really see the bull's bodies too well. So I stayed down, uh, waited for them. And they each kind of woke up a bit and just repositioned. And now the bigger one um, with bigger beams, he turned and he was facing right towards me, even though he wasn't, wasn't really looking at me. Now I knew it was going to be harder to, to get a shot on him. The other guy was still broadside. Um, so then just a little bit after they repositioned the, the one with, uh, you know, more mass, more points. Finally, uh, he stands up 
broadside. So I grab my bow, raise up on my knees, but then the bigger bull that's looking right at me just, just sees all this. And he just jumps and runs. And then the other one runs. And as I'm drawing my bow, I've just got four bulls running straight away from me. So it, it was blown. Um, I was pretty heartbroken there. I mean, I was, I was cold. I was wet. I got so close to some giant bulls. And, uh, you know, now I just had a long walk back to camp. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a bad night. I was, that was definitely the low of the trip for me that so close with bedded bulls couldn't quite get it to get it to work out. Yeah. That's when we saw you come back down the, down the Ridge. And I guess by the way you were walking, we could tell that you were a little disappointed. So I figured probably didn't shoot one. And so we waited, went back to camp and then you got there and heard the whole story. So, uh, it was kind of a slow day or a, rough day for all of us I didn't get into much action for me and Anders and then that was heartbreaking for you I guess and then but the next day next day went down pretty good so how did that start out Bill yeah and I should say as soon as it was blown and the secure ball ran off and I turned around and uh well I watched him for a while and they slowed down after a while but you know I knew I wasn't gonna be able to make a move on that night but I turned to go back towards camp and then there's that then that grizzly shows up um he's probably 80 yards away and so he was working towards the caribou too so if they hadn't gotten up on their own and blown out of there it would have been interesting as he probably tried to crawl by me towards those caribou um as well but yeah he stood up on his hind legs and looked at me for a little bit and then he just turned and 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 ran off so i think he's the same one we've seen in the bottom a few times already just going through the bottom and and he wasn't uh you know he was an adult but he wasn't giant and i feel like he he, he didn't really want to mess with us he just wanted to he, he scared off easy enough there so you know i was really down but i also know that the cool thing about caribou hunting is you can just blow it on one bowl and there'll be more caribou there the next day. You know, there's, they're, they're just moving through often. So um, it's not like you might find one bull out in the mountains elk hunting. And when he blows out of there, there's no other bull or elk there, um, you know, and caribou hunting, you can always go find some more. So, you know, I wake up, I get up early the next morning and, uh, you know, feeling pretty good. Hey, I saw some bulls. Uh, I think I'll go and see if they, they hung out. The weather was bad all night. Hopefully they won't be too far away. And I headed out. I can't remember who left first, if you guys did or I did, but um, I know that I went back on the, the northwest of camp, back where I'd seen those bulls last, climbed up to that knob to get a look. And I think you guys went to the east side, back up to the treehouse to start with, right? Yeah, I think we left camp right around the same time. Our plan was it was a little bit nicer of a morning. Like yeah. there wasn't blowing sideways rain. So we went up to the treehouse to see if we could spot anything. Um, but I think we left at the, the same time. I think we got a head start because um, oh, really? we had to go further. Okay. Um, but it, either way, we got there. Dan was grouchy that morning. Was the, Dan Dan's not a morning person. He uh, He's not a caffeine drinker. When I say grouchy, he's just... Quiet. Quiet. And I'm overly talkative in the morning. Dude, yeah. Me and Anders are like normally on the same break brain wavelength and but when it's in the morning time no he's definitely way more of a morning person than me yeah the um 
So we get up top, we get to the treehouse, um, kind of sh- shed some layers and uh, sit down in glass. And we see these uh, Dan's eating, I think it's tuna packet or something. And um, yeah, we'd been there like five minutes. Literally. And I, I sit down, pop the tripod up, start glassing, and I see a group of caribou right there. So um, they were like further down back towards kind of like where the caribou were day one, um, kind of like around the bank though, down around the river. So what we do is we uh, we quickly throw everything together and just bomb down the mountain um, across the flat and just try to get as close as we can. Um, oh, you? I changed the gun at yep. this point. Yeah. Yep. No shame. So I uh, we Mr. Pack- was that three yeah. strikes? Oh, what was it? three strikes in like thirty minutes? You're out, I think. Yeah. No, I I I'm not the world's greatest archer and. Uh, Dan can probably tell you I don't even know how to tie my own D loop. Um, luckily, I got Aaron here to help me out. But um, I like shooting archery. But um, there's definitely a huger or a larger adrenaline rush for me when you're uh, archery hunting. But um, I definitely, uh, I don't know. I definitely wanted to get some. It was my first trip to Alaska. I had no shame in uh, breaking out the gun and we had the Viking with. So we got uh, we got close, and um, it was it was just as just as challenging though i mean the the rifle well not just as challenging let me rephrase that i'll get some crap for that but the uh trying to get a shot um on the river bottom was tough um we were about 430 420 yards i think and um i had to balance my pack i couldn't lay prone because of all the alders there was just too much brush yeah there were probably we were probably in three four foot of brush and grass and uh, you know, of, of course you can't really sit prone and shoot. So, and you couldn't get any closer cause I felt if we got any closer, they're going to start to see us. Yeah. So we had to, you know, stack some bags and Anders, you know, put the gun up, took the shot. Yeah. I took the first shot and, um, well, I think Dan's going to try and make a film out of the whole deal. So the, uh, the first shot and, um, Dan's watching through the, the screen on his camera he calls out it's over the top. So I'm like, shit, um, cycle another one, shoot again. And I hit and I, and they, he drops like if I spined him essentially. So, yeah. um, which I was like, okay, maybe I was high then. Um, and then he's, he's still, he's still moving. So I just put another one in, try and drop him. So three shots, we, uh, about 420 yards. I was pumped. Uh, yeah. And I looked back at the, the video afterwards and you had actually hit it on the first shot. Yeah. Like we were cutting it open. I was like, man, there's a shot right through the lungs. Yeah. I was like, and there ain't three holes here. And you're like, Hey, yeah, I hit it all three times. Like, oh, he just, sorry. Yeah. He just swallowed that, uh, 212 gram bullet <laughs> to yeah. like a champ. And, uh, so yeah, we were pumped. Um, the cool thing about this is they, the caribou just stood there. Um, they were kind of like on a little, the terrains, it, as, even though it's a real kind of flat terrain, they were coming up off a berm off the, the uh, riverbed. And so we had to wait for my bull to get up on top just so I had a clear shot. But they just, they kind of just worked that berm back towards Bill, uh, yeah. probably about 30, 40 minutes. They didn't, not fast at all. Just There's kinda, probably like five, six, seven different caribou, but the two giant ones are there. Yeah. And you shot one of them. And they start to work left, and then we look over and see Bill, and yeah. we're like, "Oh, they're gonna work straight towards Bill, so this might work out great." Yeah. And then Bill, what what did you see on your end? Yeah. So when you guys went to the you know east up on that ridge, 
Um, I went to the west up on up on that far ridge and knob so I could kind of see where they were. And when I get up on the knob, I see them down there by the river. Well, I couldn't see the ones in the river bottom, but I could see a few um, on that on that bank right above the river, um, but very close to there. And I saw uh, one of the bigger bulls and then a couple smaller bulls. And there was a couple cows and stuff. And then, but I, then I also saw you guys going down through the bottom you know, with rifles. So I thought, um, yeah, you guys are going to, you guys are going to shoot one of these bulls and I'll see what happens here. Um, so I came down the ridge a bit towards, that's probably half a mile from when I saw him. I came down the ridge a ways and that's, and I heard you guys shooting, you know, I glass in the, from the bulls I could see, um, it didn't look like you were shooting at any of those three. So I figured there must've been some down the river bank a little bit, just out of sight for me. <clears throat> but yeah, when, when the shots stopped, the caribou started, it started going like straight away from the river, which was, um, like straight West kind of, I thought they were going to go up, up and over that knob area. So I started to circle back, um, behind that knob, but I thought I better wait it out and see what they do. So even though they started that way, pretty quickly they turned and traversed and kind of paralleled the river and stayed, stayed lower. So, um, I quick went down the ridge. There was a couple of groups of brush that looked like they might go by. So, um, yeah, I got in front of the, just the direction they were heading. They were just kind of, you know, walking along at a quick pace, um, in the, with the bulls in front. And I got down to a, a group of, um, of brush, which was it's probably like two foot high, which was, which is great cover for, you know, that area. There's just not much cover if you're up off the river at all. Um, I thought, man, I think they'll go come by, um, and range for a shot. So, you know, I'm kind of on my knees, sitting back on my feet, crouched down a little bit, got my bow knock ready. Here they come They're Um, I'm ranging them as they come when they're just about as close as they're going to get. I range in their 79 and the, the second biggest bull was in the front and then the biggest bull passed him up. And, um, you know, I, that's can be another problem with caribou is they don't want to stop. They'll just keep moving. But I just, uh, raised up and drew back and I was hoping that would be enough, you know, for them to just stop. And, and it was, they, they just saw that movement just stopped for a few seconds. Um, it was a 79 yards. I'd already dialed, dialed to that and let her fly. And, uh, yeah, the arrows flying there and right before impact, he bolted. So I wasn't quite sure on, you know, the hit, but, um, they ran off and then he made it about 80 yards, slowed down and then laid right down there. Um, and pretty quickly bled out and died. So man, I was, uh, I was so excited that great big beams, um, I know I uh, I stood up and fist pumped and let out a let out a scream. I was pretty excited. Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> were, we were down the bottom watching the whole thing. Dang it all on film. So like from a film aspect, it was awesome to get both on camera. Didn't even have to move positions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we let a, a a hoorah for Bill because that was a uh, it was a long time. Like Bill says, like when you're crawling through stuff and. Uh, trying to get in the right position and, and pull off a shot, um, especially when everything's wet too. Um, it's not easy. So it was, uh, it was a great, great way to start day five. Um, the hard part for us after that was Bill's already on that side. We had to figure out how to get over there. Um, yeah. And it had rained for two days. So the river was getting very high 
and yeah. a lot of force behind it. So we had to find a good spot to cross and uh, you put on the wiggies and I think that they were getting close to the top of them. Yeah. They, while you were going they were top the wiggies. Um, my wiggies yeah. already had a few holes in them. So the- I stripped down to my underwear and went across, you know, barefooted. And by the time I got halfway through, I could feel the force of the water and then also like how cold it was. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it across. Yeah. But finally, I uh, got over there. My feet were, feet were kind of aching by the time I got over to the other side. Yeah. The, uh, it was, it was interesting. I wasn't sure if we were gonna have to go all the way back another mile back to where we crossed or bill crossed essentially, but we got done, got to the bowl. Um, nice thing was the bowl, my, my bowl and, uh, Bill's bowl are only about like a quarter mile away. If that, so, uh, I started, we got some photos. Um, I started working on my caribou just with the bear in the area, just trying to make it kind of quick, especially when I need to take three shots. I know in the past years, um, a lot of people say, you know, your gunshots sometimes equal a dinner bell for a bear. So, um, I started cutting. Dan went up, got some photos and videos of Bill, which was super cool. Um, and we got it all loaded up. I mean, we, me and Dan took, split the bowl. Um, I think Dan took more than me just because I had the head. Um, got towards Bill. And I thought Bill would maybe be like halfway done. Bill's over there, got it all chopped up, just waiting for us. Um, he starts shuttling. He had a pretty smart method to it. I think Dan and I were both kind of smoked trying to carry – uh, you know, half that bowl, uh, not so much of the weight, just, um, walking through the tundra. It was interesting. Yeah. Walking through the tundra and we kept bone in and under, or, uh, Bill deboned his, so he's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> Knew what was up. Uh, I usually like to leave yeah, the bone if, I'm, if I'm packing meat, uh, if I'm packing meat, I want to go as light as possible. So yeah, I'll debone it in four bags and, and two loads of meat. And, you know, just after I laid my hands on that caribou and started skinning, I get, that's when I got that message that you actually sent the day before, but it said, Hey, watch out a G bear coming your way. (laughs) So as I'm, as I'm skinning quartering, I'm thinking, damn, there's a grizzly bear coming my way. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to look all around. And that's, that's when I decided I was going to just leapfrog it. So I was taking loads uh, 600 yards at a time and coming back. So I was just 300 yards past where I dropped the last one. So I could keep my eyes on everything. Um, if it was the same bear I'd seen the day before, I figured I'll be able to scare him off. I just need to uh, not get too far away from my antlers or my meat or he's going to destroy it. So, um, yeah, that's why I was kind of doing a leapfrog method. But but honestly, it's kind of nice to get that load off your back and, and uh you know that little break to go back and get the other load and move it um you know it takes a long time but it uh, works pretty good yeah i think this goes back to the whole strategic versus i would say stupid me and me and dan just like to dan our bill's very strategic and everything which i like i learned a lot from hunting with bill um and uh i think uh dan was cursing internally uh, listening to Morgan Wallen trying to numb the pain. That was a gutsy move, Dan, uh, leaving the rain gear at home. That was a pretty gutsy move yeah. there. Well, it was, a, <laughs> it was a move that I didn't think that I did. I got there and unpacked everything. I was like, oh, dear, I left my rain gear at the house or at Kafaru. Yeah. So 
I was like, how did I make a mistake like this? Fortunately, that was the only thing I forgot, which normally on a trip, I'll forget two or three things. So I was actually doing better than normal. It was just a bad thing that I forgot. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we made our way back. <clears throat> we made it to camp uh, across the river. Um, we hadn't eaten or really drank anything all day. So I think by then it was like three o'clock or so. Yeah. I mean, you got back pretty fast, but, um, then we were like, let's just eat real fast. We yeah. ate a couple Alpine ranch, yeah. which are phenomenal meals. Yeah. And then let's go help Bill. So we crossed back over and help Bill finish his out. Yeah. That was, uh, it was, it really started picking up the rain there. Uh, when we went back out, that was at that point, I changed my boots over. Um, mm. My boots were oh, pretty, pretty dry that. at that point. We crossed the river just without, I mean, the wiggies already had holes in them. I was like, screw it, let's just cross. I'll change boots. Yeah. Even I brought two pairs <laughs> of boots and I forgot my rain gear. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see you guys come back. I thought, you know, as I'm leapfrogging, packing it out myself, I thought, ah, those guys might be like eating a couple of meals and taking a nap right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we wouldn't do that to you. We, uh, the meals were needed though, for sure. Um, the, uh, I mean, they were a game changer, just not eating crappy food in general. Um, Alpine ranch. Yeah. He's uh, he sponsored the film for us and supplied all the meals. I think yep. I like their bison meals a lot, lots of meat, like 40 grams of protein. So yeah, they're good stuff. Yeah. And for me, most, uh, backpacking meals are, just, you know, generic ones are, have gluten in them. I, unfortunately, it's not a choice. I just can't eat them. Otherwise, it'll be crapping every 10 minutes. Um, so to be productive while on the hunt, it was a great choice. And not only that, but it tasted freaking amazing. That was my first time eating them, and it was kind of mind-blowing, Yeah, um, the quality. Gluten-free. So, is it celiac-free? or? Celiac? Uh, I think he does. His son's celiac, I think. And uh, okay. he kind of keeps everything separate. But um, not only that, it's just the it was real food, you know, all organic too, I think. Yep. Uh, real ingredients, no crazy sucralose and all that stuff. So yeah, they're really good. Felt normal. So I was yeah. surprised like the avocados and the salsa taste actually tasted kind of fresh. I mean, I was, I was pretty impressed. Good stuff. It was a legit Pico, like legit Pico in the rice and you could taste it. It was, I don't know for, for me, like my go-to prior to having my issue is um, a lot of the, um, what is it? Freaking what's the what's the generic brand that everyone Peak? eats? No, Mount, Mountain House. Mountain House biscuits and gravy. Man, that was. I'm I miss. Does that. that have gluten in it? Biscuit. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. Oh hell yeah! Uh, well, I was about to say. <laughs> so I was like, how did you get gluten free biscuits and gravy? Oh god, that would be horrible. South. I love love biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Well, anyways, we get we get back. We eat. <laughs> we go. We go back cross, get Bill, and uh, make it back to camp. I think everyone's soaked at that point. Uh, soaked, wore out. Um, Bill cooked us some, some caribou, too, which was super awesome. Um, that was my first time eating caribou. And I don't I know. my tenderloins. Yeah. It was, was pretty good. They were amazing. Um, I've heard multiple opinions on caribou. but uh, Some I thought, of the best meat I've ever had. Yeah, 100%. So we... Um, we ate dinner that night. Bill cooked us dinner. Kind of took it easy. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we kind of slept in the next morning until like around six, uh, just to wait and see what the weather does. 
And uh, it was clear for the first half of that morning. Yep. So that was day six. So I handed Anders the camera and I, I headed out with the bow, went back up to the treehouse, and we sit up there. My plan was just to sit up there in glass till I saw something. And we weren't seeing anything. No. Nope. Uh, we were there all day. I, uh, from, yeah, from like eight o'clock in the morning until one is when I left. Yeah. Yeah. Bill had joined us. Bill, went, I think, went out to try and shoot some ptarmigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I left the tent maybe an hour after you guys did. And uh, the weather got bad right then. It started raining hard and blowing. So I actually went back in the tent until that little thing passed. But yeah, my plan was to try and get ptarmigan. Um, so work my way up on the ridge where you guys were at. Um, I think I think you said Dan had taken off. And you said he, he'd either be back in 30 minutes or like he's going to climb that far peak mountain and we'll see him tomorrow sometime. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's pretty windy, but I, I worked out that way to the north. I actually, because I saw Caribou up on that peak, um, I actually went over there looking for Dan to see where he was at. And I think, Dan, you saw me, but I didn't I didn't see where you were. And the wind was so strong on that hillside right there. I didn't stay there very long. Yeah. And I, I circled, uh, circled back to the treehouse and was sitting there with Dan after that. I yeah. mean, sitting there with Anders after that. It was a... Uh... It was a interesting day as far as the weather goes. It would rain for 30 minutes and then stop and then sleet and then sunshine. So it was, it was kind of rough as that went. But about 1 o'clock, I left Anders right before you got to him. And I was like, I'm just going to go over this hill and see if I see any caribou down here. And I guess that's when Anders said that. And sure yeah. enough, it was a while before yeah, I got well, back. That's usually how things go. Um, either uh, <laughs> it said... You're either going to see him in 30 minutes, then he's going to want to go back to the tent or or just go to a different area. Or we won't see him for like five hours and he'll kill something. Yeah. So I got over the hill <laughs> and was looking into that that valley. And right as I was starting to look into the valley, I see movement and coming over the hill, dropping into that valley is a group of about eight or nine bulls and one just giant bull. So I look back at the the treehouse, which is about a mile and a half away at this point, and I look over at the caribou, and I'm like, "All right, I'm not telling them, I'm just going." So I left with my bino harness, my bow, and my Glock because I was a little worried about bears. So dropped down in the valley and had to go way around this this peak that was it was a ways long, out there. I yeah. uh, later that night I was joking. I was like, "He's like, yeah, I climbed that 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 hill," and I was like. I was like, did you go over that peak? And he's like, I did. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, because there was no terrain, and I had to go around it to get back into a stockable position. So I was on a stock for like five hours at one point around this peak, dropping back down on top of these bulls, and they bedded down when the weather was bad. So I got all the way to 80 yards of them, and I was trying to kill the big, the bigger of all the bulls, which was really a giant bull. And... Once they got up, they just started running. They didn't get up and mosey around at all. So once they got up and started running, I figured it was probably over. And they dropped over this little little ravine, probably 30-foot dip, and I didn't see them come back out of it. So I was like, well, they might have just stopped in the bottom. So I, I ran to that, and as soon as I got to the ridge, 
I could see racks start to move. So I was like, well, they stopped and I'm well within bow range at this point, probably 30 or 40 yards. So I kind of, there's so many bulls at this point and I'm just hoping that the big one gives me a shot, but I was going to take whatever I could get. So this smaller one pops out and looks at me, looks like he's about to blow the whole thing. So I had to, had to empty an arrow on him. <laughs> so I shot him, he ran off, bedded down. Uh, it wasn't a great shot on my part, but I got back around the Stockton and shot him again, finished him. So that was, that whole sequence was like seven hours because it got back to you at eight. Yeah. It was like eight, eight thirty. Yeah. I was, I was kind of on the point <clears throat> kind of thinking about what to do because you didn't have your, your, Oh, and I knew y'all were thinking that I was like, they're going to be wondering. And I looked up at this point while this is going on and I do see Bill on the, the skyline. And I thought he saw me. So I was like, well, maybe they're coming over here. And then he left. Um, kind of find out he didn't see me. So I walk back after I shoot it and I'm, I'm jacked. I'm, I'm super pumped up on adrenaline. I climb this hill that's like a thousand foot or probably 700 foot super steep. And I never even stopped. Didn't get out of breath cause I was so jacked up on adrenaline. Got to the top, hike back to you guys. I was like, yeah, got one down. <laughs> yeah. He, he pulls in <laughs> quietly. And I noticed his quiver's missing a few arrows, so <laughs> I uh, call him out. We we, we kind of celebrate, and then uh, then we realized, luckily, Bill was still with us. But I think Bill was almost about to head back too. But the because uh, it was like eight thirty, and um, yeah, I wasn't sure what to do. You know, I went out looking for him in the direction that we knew he went. But um, you were probably stalking on that bull yet when I was classing around. So I saw groups of caribou. I just didn't see anywhere around them. So I didn't. Oh, that's because uh, I'm so sneaky. Where you, oh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, at, and I shot him so far back. I was feeling bad because I was two miles from the treehouse. Treehouse is two miles from camp, and it's terrible country. There's no easy way to get back. So at this point, I was feeling bad until I got back up walking to you guys, and I realized there was a gravel bar on the river, probably 500 yards from where I shot him, and it looked like they could potentially land a plane there. So I asked Bill if he could ask uh, Brian if he could land the plane there. And fortunately, he said yes. So we like, only had to pack out 500 yards. Yeah, well, it was a pretty shallow uh, gravel bar. I think. Yeah, I think Brian, when they saw it, was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I saw the, I saw a head shake. <laughs> really? Yeah, but oh. I, I think uh, they were able yeah, to get when, you. When he picked up Anders and I the next day and um, he flew up to where the, the meat was and he tipped, tipped the plane totally on his side, like 90 degrees. So he's looking straight out his window and he's pointing, pointing at it, looking at me like there. <laughs> yeah, it looked a lot bigger yep. from where we were standing. Apparently it was a little short for a plane ride. So when they when the guy came and picked me up, because you guys flew out the next morning, yep. um, you know, so I, I waited for the guy to get there and he flew in empty to grab it. Yeah. He said he couldn't have done it if he had any weight. So yeah, our bad on that part, but yeah, no, it was, it was it's, I would have done the same thing. I mean, Oh uh, yeah. It's just one of those things, unless you're a pilot or you, you know, know some sort of uh, background about flying. I mean, it looked large. Yeah, um, it looked like you huge. can't even see it like the whole bar when you're standing on it. But, um, was it good? The good thing was, is there was, I mean, the, the direction that the bar went, um, 
there was nothing right in front of it on either side. So you could, if there's like a steep bank or a mountain on one side or another, you know, you can't, can't get a runway, um, can't get up and out. So it was, the direction was pretty good, but it was a bit shorter than they like. Um, but yeah, with an empty plane, he could do it. I'm sure they could use the cub too, which they had, they got a cub that I've been dropped on, um, mountaintops on that with that cub before. And I swear they get that thing in the air in about 30 yards. Um, but they were bringing in like the, Cessna one eighties. Yeah. So they need a bit more runway for those things. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like, uh, Brian tried to drop us in one area first, but it's, it's just like, you see a, a landing strip or you think it is right. Um, but then also you got to factor in like the wind direction, which yep. something you don't normally think about. Right. Cause he tried to drop us in one area and he's like, I can't do it. He's like the wind. I think the sun was there too. Um, flying right into the sun, which I imagine can't, doesn't make it easier. But, but anyways, yeah, Dan, Dan shoots his bull. We get, he comes back over to us. We, we, uh, make our way over to the bull. I think, um, cross another little Creek. Uh, I think I shot a ptarmigan at that point. Oh too. yes. I forgot about that headshot at what, like 30 yards. Yeah, 30, 35. Um, so I hadn't had any luck all morning trying to get ptarmigan in the, you know, I think in the rain, they kind of disappear. But coming up over that ridge, there was uh, a couple groups of them. And eyeball judged wanted to be at 35 yards and, and shot, cut his head right in two. So that was a nice poke there. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. It was a, it was just kind of a after hunt moment. I'm sure a lot of guys that have hunted for a long time, like when that, stress or you know you're trying to we're not stressed but just the you know once you've actually connected on what you're trying to do out there um you're just kind of soaking up the moment and uh we were we had some caribou running by us as we're going down to dan's bowl and watching them and ptarmigan and uh bill smokes that one was just pretty cool cool way to kind of end the trip we uh we get down yeah, to Dan, Dan i will sing bubble i will sing a bubble once did the job on them. <laughs> yeah. It was still intact too afterwards, right? Like it zipped right through and hit some rocks and still. Held yeah. Up. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we get back to, we get down to Dan, we take the photos, cut them up, kind of make our way over the gravel bar. And then, uh, I think it's around like 10, 10 30, right? Yes. I think so. Yeah. At night. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I would say maybe evening and, Alaska at that time of year, but the, uh, it's, it's light out to like what? One o'clock. Eh? Yeah. I guess light at one. I think you or dark at one. We were having a debate on how long it would take us to get back. And yeah. me and Bill were thinking like two hours and you were thinking one hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, hour and 15 maybe. Yeah. And I was like, eh, maybe <laughs> I think it was three miles. Uh, I think it was three miles straight line distance, but you know, along the river bottom, the river bottom sucks. I mean, there's some areas where you're on a gravel bar along the edge and that's, that's great. But man, the, those alders that are, you know, waist high or sometimes even higher that you're just dragging through those things, or you're in this, that marshy, um, you know, tundra that's really soft and, yeah. and, uh, up to your, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, anywhere from a couple inches to eight inches deep water walking through that. So we decided to try and make more of a straight line and just do, do some river crossings along the way. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that was the wisest decision, but one thing I will say is Anders, 
I can normally beat Anders when I'm hiking, but he had like his Norwegian side come out when he was walking <laughs> through the swamp and he left me and Bill like just never stopped. He just kept going. I was like, how is he doing this? Those long legs. Long legs and size 15 foot. You don't fall in those little holes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I don't know, in the headspace of just getting back and eating. And going <laughs> we were back. all so tired. <laughs> yeah. It had been such a long day. Um, we got back. I had three Alpine Ranch meals. <laughs> I got I got into two and a half, and I was like, I'm starting to get a little too full. Yeah. But I kept going. Um, yeah, went right straight to bed and then around 10 the next morning brian came in and picked us up yeah it was cool um again amazing weather for the way out i mean that's one thing if you're planning on going up there you have to realize is you know, you're at the mercy of the weather so i think there were some guys uh from uh you know they're just kind of waiting to get flown in and uh sucks no we were fortunate i guess that we had good weather when we got there and had a good window and, and, and connected on our animals and were able to get out fairly quickly. So, um, yeah, it was cool. Brian could get out, you know, we came out two or two or three days early compared to what we had planned, but, um, yeah, it's cool. He's pretty flexible. We had caribou down and wanted to get him out. So came in and got us out, but yeah, the weather can definitely change your plans up there. Um, the prior time when I was there two years ago, there's guys that never made it out of the hotel for a week and never got into the field. Um, or like the day we came out was the only clear day um, for about a week, you know? And so there's some guys that didn't come out that day. They got stuck in for you know four more days without food. And uh, so yeah, the weather can really mess up your plans up there. So I think we got lucky there. Yeah. The second that we knew that we were getting flown out the next day, I think, uh, all the meals became fair game. Yeah, because we had <laughs> we had enough for all the days we were supposed to be there. So yeah, I was like, I'm gonna eat and eat and eat and eat. Bam, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I can't complain. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say uh, coming out was pretty cool. It was just cool to meet different um, all the other hunters too. Um, guys that you know, b- being in one area and feel like after the five days you kind of know the area more than you did going in and be able to help those guys and kind of point them in the direction of where, where to go. Um, was kind of, was kind of cool. They had their, their son with them too. So hopefully they were able to kind of connect on them, but it's a, you have to be prepared. And that was, like I said, um, learned a lot from Bill. Um, Bill was very prepared as far as like just being organized, um, packing his sleeping bag up into a dry bag every day. I was like, holy smokes, that's, that's pretty brilliant. That way in case, you know, the teepees get blown over for some reason. I mean, they're normally up good up to 70, but you just never know. Right. And, um, learned, learned a lot of stuff there. So Dan, I'm sure Dan learned a few things. <laughs> Might need to get him a checklist <laughs> yeah. here. I've made enough, uh, I've made enough mistakes over the years and had trips, you know, I've had tents blow down and sleep bags get wet and all that stuff. So, and, and up there, it can be bad. They can get 60, 70 mile an hour winds, um, and rain and all that blow in. So yeah, I mean, the teepees did great. We didn't, I don't think we even adjusted them hardly or tightened them up much. Um, they held really well, even that really windy night where you and I were wearing earplugs all night cause it was so loud in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they held great, but 
yeah, I like to put my clothes in dry bag and even my sleep. I just had a, I use a down bag a lot just because it's, it's light and more compact for traveling, but I like to throw it in a dry bag for the day in case the tent did blow over or something like that. Or, um, you know, if it's down bag, gets wet, you're pretty much screwed. So, um, yeah, no, it but yeah, it'd be efficient and, uh, ready to get up and go in the morning and, and hunt all day long and have what you need. Yeah. It was cool. It was a great experience. I was unfortunate. I was able to go. I was almost not gonna, going to go just the amount of work we had going on, but um happy I did. It was a uh, hunt of a lifetime. Shot some awesome caribou. Um, getting them back was a little interesting, just having to saran wrap them, bubble wrap them. And I mean, I, I still can't believe that. All, like we, we've not only on the weather side were we lucky, but we were lucky too um, as far as travel. Like, yeah, we all our bags got there. Yep. No issues. Because yep. there was so many people when we got there with, you know, the other airline that, that flies out of there and ours that, that didn't get their luggage. So we didn't have any issues, which was nice. Yeah. I, I, you kind of feel bad. Like I, I, the guys that were there, like in, I'm sure I'd be in the same situation as them. Like I think they were, they're frustrated. You know what I'm saying? And which I don't blame them. But it, you felt bad, like we literally got there, and they're like, "You guys got all your bags?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Kind of." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long have y'all been here? We've been here three days waiting on our bags. Yeah. And ours just showed up on our plane. And then we saw those same guys. We we figured out the hospital serves breakfast. It was the only place in town, so we went over to the hospital yeah. early. Went in the back, went in like the back door, got to the cafeteria, and had, to, had a pretty nice breakfast. You know, yeah, bacon, eggs, pancakes, biscuits, and gravy, the whole thing. And then we come walking out the front door, and then we saw the same guys that have been stuck in the hotel for two days waiting for a bag. Yeah, that have been sitting outside waiting. They're like. How'd you guys get in? <laughs> there was like ten or fifteen guys waiting to get in. We just <laughs> we just walked. We had the in. cafeteria to ourselves. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. We we I guess we got around a little bit like a local. <laughs> we had some. Uh, we had some pretty cool places up there too. Some restaurants and yeah. On that last day, we ate two different restaurants and which yeah. is the only restaurant, two restaurants in town. Yeah, we, we got out of there. We got out of uh, day six. Yeah, day six when we flew out. We went and had sushi and um, Dan had pizza. I think Bill had a pizza. It was uh, the lady couldn't yeah, believe it. She, pizza that day. Yeah, it was funny because Bill was sick the entire time. But this lady kept, she was like taking care of Bill. She gave him some rope tussin and some uh, some some cough <laughs> drops. And I, I tried to order two fried rices and she's like, no. You cannot eat two fried rices. <laughs> I was like, I've never been told no before <laughs> at a restaurant. <laughs> so, but no, it, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, the company that all the guys and the team there at Ram Aviation were really cool. We hung out with them. They shuttled us around, um, listened to some good tunes, and because uh, you have you have a lot of time to like you know you, once you get back like repacking your bags and getting your antlers prepped. Um, it was uh it was kind of just a good way to end the trip, not rushing back. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a cool place. I mean, it's that's real wilderness. You know, I hunt wilderness areas in Colorado and Montana, and um, but really, I could hike out any place I've hunted. I could hike out, you know, in a day if I had to. But up there, you're you're there. You know, when you get dropped off, 
you know, I don't know what it was, 160, 180 miles north of the nearest little hunting fishing village. Um, there's no way you're hiking out of there. You're going to, you're going to have to stick it out and just, uh, caribou, wolves, grizzly bears. Um, I've seen wolverines, muskox, just, uh, it's just an amazing place. It's so much different than any, any place else I've hunted. And it's, uh, just seems like timeless. Like there's guys thousands of years ago with bows and arrows hunting up there, probably just like we're doing, you know, it probably looked the same and same animals roaming around, but it's a, uh, it's really cool. Um, I've been there three times now and yeah, I just want to keep going back. Yeah. I'll definitely go back to Alaska. That's for sure. Um, it's a dream come true. Caribou with a bow. Um, I think it was kind of a dream for all of us, but an amazing trip. Um, yeah, we appreciate, you know, you coming along and helping us out and everything. Cause the knowledge you bring from the past years of hunting caribou, it was, uh, it was helpful, but we're at a little over an hour right now. So I think we better wrap this up. Is there any closing thoughts you have, Bill? No, I just, it was, it was a great trip. It was, uh, you know, everybody had a good attitude, was willing to work hard and was excited, you know, about the hunt all the way through, even, you know, the highs and lows. So, I mean, that, that's important. Just keep a good attitude, you know, the next day things can change and it can work out for you. Um, but yeah, it was, and thanks a lot for taking a couple of days and filming, Dan. Um, I haven't seen any of the film yet. I'm really looking forward to, yeah. to, to seeing that. I think well, we got, I think we got some that? good stuff. So, um, that's another thing everybody be watching the next few months. We're going to drop a film about the whole thing. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Y'all made it easy though. Filming shooting from one, one angle, get two kill shots <laughs> in like 30 minutes. Yeah. So I got lucky. Dan, Dan's just going to get the, uh, the video credit where he gets the one, uh, photo. <laughs> yeah. I'll get, I'll post like in the, in the end of the film and be like film, film by Dan Collins. This is the one little caribou I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some crappy video footage on there. I was trying to hold this stupid camera and, balance yeah. it and zoom in on him. when i left for the caribou i was like okay i go back to anders get the camera i'm like no i'm just going after the caribou so <laughs> we lost out on mine yeah it was still still really cool yeah but yeah i appreciate you hopping on here bill um talking about it it was an amazing trip um yeah thank you guys for listening and y'all have a good rest of your day peace thanks guys thanks bill it's only took the Four days to, to record. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm about to stop this recording. Okay, good. Boom.